0: Welcome back. Good to have you. We are broadcasting live. We're Radio Row inside the Convention Center here in Phoenix, Arizona. We are two days, four hours, 28 minutes, and 29 seconds literally and counting from kickoff of Super Bowl 57, Kansas City, Philadelphia, and uh, out here in the desert. And one more hour to go of our coverage out here. Joining us now here at the table, he is uh, one of the, a really good friend and uh, one of the best analysts when it comes to breaking down film and watching technique and such that I know, and that's Greg Cosell, part of the NFL matchup show and, and such with ESPN. How you been, pal? I think I've been okay. You, not sure? Just checking? Well, you know, I just finished, you look great. just
1: finished my 43rd season in NFL Films. Wow, 43 years
0: started when i was five you know should i should i look yeah i was gonna say should i should i look (laughs) at you and go what have you learned over the years (laughs) very little very (laughs) little (laughs) hey um uh, i i want to start with the matchup of these two teams uh let's go there first and foremost okay um you've got two quarterbacks both young both can move both improvise one does it with his legs the other one does it with his mind his arm he does it from many different ways but the defenses are going to play into this. I wanted to ask you this because you'll give me a, a more of an honest opinion than a lot of the biased stuff I get. <laughs> they are what five and a half, I think, sacks away from tying the the Philadelphia Eagles are from tying the Bears' all time sack record of eighty five Bears. Well, they
1: were the I know they were the third highest total since they started recording yeah. sacks. So I don't I don't remember the I know they had seventy in the regular season, right? Uh, and I yeah, but they were the third highest. So of which, by the way, I think sixty three of them. I could be off by half a sack. I believe 63 of them came from defensive linemen. They were, they're were they not a big right. blitzing sack team. They get it done with their front three, front their four. Their front five in many cases because they yeah. line up with a, a lot of five-man fronts. So can we
0: put these this defense in the pantheon of an 85-bears type of defense? Are they that good? Mm, overall, no. I would say no, they're not okay. overall like
1: that. That's also a stylistic thing. I mean... This is not a heavy blitz defense. Um, It's not a a pressure defense in terms of they're going to play a ton of man and get in your face. You know, Jonathan Gannon is, is more from the Vic Fangio school of and, and there's modifications with the Vic Fangio school. Right. It's not just one thing, you know, because, you know, a lot of people, as I just did say Vic Fangio and in the minds of many who who know what that is, they think, oh, you know, you do this one thing. Mm-hmm. There, there's modifications. Everybody tweaks it in their own way. Right. But that's sort of the starting point, which is more zone based. Um, it's more pattern matching. It's not heavy man. You know, you think of like an 85 Bears team, high pressure, man coverage. Um, they just came after you. Right. You know, and certainly the, when you think of, let's say the 2000 Ravens, you have a sense of pressure, pressure, pressure. You know, this, the Eagles defense is not really like that, but in some ways the game's changed and the way they play's changed because they play with a lot of five man fronts. So to me, if you're playing with a five man front, And five guys rush. I don't view that as a blitz. It's a five-man front. Now, a lot of teams, a lot of sites, websites that do metrics will call that a blitz because five players Mm. rush. But to me, if they're five first-level defensive linemen, they're lined up that way. That's
0: not a blitz to me. Right, right. Talk about the offensive side of things. Jalen Hurts and the RPOs and what they run. The strength of his legs, the ability to maneuver via the run game. He's not as accurate a passer correct me if I'm wrong, as Patrick Mahomes, but he can improvise and do things in Patrick Mahomes-esque way, but Patrick Mahomes is so unique in the sense that he can throw from any damn angle. Right. Whereas Jalen Hurts... He can he can dump truck you he can also run you over in this right. sense. So well I think the Eagles offense as a whole
1: is a is a really good mix of scheme and talent because they are very difficult to defend because of the Hertz factor, because of the run game element. With Hertz in the gun, there's so many things they can do. Now You know, a lot of people believe, oh, well, the quarterback's making the decision as the ball snapped. He's making five different decisions. No, nobody can do that. Right. You know, maybe you're making one decision, like if it's an RPO, you know, you're reading one guy. Um, Or if it's a zone read, you're obviously reading the widest defender who's unblocked. But Mm -hmm. no one's making five decisions as the ball snapped. That's not humanly possible. But the point is, because of, of... all the possible plays that can emanate just from herds being in the gun with an offset back, they are very, very difficult to defend, and they put second-level defenders, meaning linebackers, and at times of safety, in, in a lot of conflict. There's a lot for them to sort out. Mm-hmm. We saw that in the NFC Championship game. Fred Warner's the best linebacker in football. Dre is very good. Um, that might be the best nickel duo in football, and you saw those guys hesitating uncertain as to what they were seeing until they could sort it out and in this league if you're standing there waiting because fractions matter Mm -hmm. then you know what you're going to be late
0: the defense of the kansas city chiefs I i think this is where it falls is their defense against the eagles offense if the eagles get up don't get me wrong. We know Kansas City can come from behind. They've got that ability to do that. But if they get up and then they can run the ball. Which is how they play. Which is how they play. it, it It's going to be really tough for Kansas City to make it. I a got big a stat run. for you that will
1: blow you away. You know me. I'm not a super stat guy. But yeah. we all look at stats. Right. You know,
0: that's the nature of the business the only now. Way we can really kind of judge. Right. I times. mean, yeah. you know,
1: there's more and more metrics now and analytics. Yeah. You know, we all look at that. But check this out. This is going to blow you away. Jalen Hurts this season in the second half of games when the eagles have been losing which has been infrequent mm-hmm. he's only thrown 22 passes in the second half this year when the eagles have been behind think about that total total that's a holy crap moment it is yeah considering
0: so, they stick to their game plan and that's so the way they the eagles
1: do the eagles for the most part you know everybody'll say that the eagles are a running football team and they can run exceptionally well. We know that. But the Eagles, they're big believers in what would be viewed as analytics. So the, they're big believers in you come out and throw. Hertz has had numerous games this year before the injury where they threw 27, 28 balls in the first half. Mm-hmm. They, they throw. They get ahead. Then they run in the second half. And that also plays to their defense because they're ahead. And then they let the dogs loose. Yes. So, and their ears back. Right. So. You know, again, no one's going to sit here. I'm certainly not going to say that Jalen Hurts can't throw in a drop-back passing game. We don't know that. It hasn't had to happen this year. But, you know, in an ideal world, the Chiefs would love to, you know, be ahead by more than a score where now the Eagles in the, you know, late third quarter, fourth quarter have to become much more of a drop-back passing team.
0: Who does this game... If you're leaning one way or the other, who does this game lean towards? Is it because Philadelphia is more of a complete team that you look at it in that sense? Or do you just say you cannot take the Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes factor out of this? You've got to go where the experience has been and the fact that they continually come back and keep fighting. Well, Bill, this game has been one of the toughest
1: for me to really, you know, not to evaluate, because I can give you, as you know, ten reasons. I can yeah. give you a million reasons. But as far as to say, you know, where's the advantage? Like, I'll give you a great example. I think the Eagles O-line and D-line are better than the Chiefs mm-hmm. the Chiefs versions, yeah. okay? But the question is, is that going to dictate the outcome of the game? I'm not so sure of that. You know, with, will there be plays where the Eagles O-line dominates? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Will there be plays where the D-line dominates? Absolutely. Will that dictate the outcome of the game? maybe, I'm just not so sure. And I think, you know, we haven't even talked about Travis Kelsey. I, you know, yeah. you have to have a plan for Travis Kelsey. Because um, obviously, other than Mahomes, you know, we, we know that. Kelsey is the player that the Chiefs offense runs through. And you've got to have a plan. We don't, you and I don't know what it's going to be. But you can't just line up and play your normal defense and say, okay, you know, Kelsey will just be, we'll, we'll just play our normal defense and it won't mm. be a problem. You can't really do that. You have to have some – now, that plan will not be every snap. It will be in certain specific situations, in certain field location situations, but right. you've got to have a plan.
0: Um, for Andy Reid, I, I tried to remember it. Maybe you know it, but what is his record coming off of a bye week? I think it's pretty good. Yeah, I don't. It's like almost undefeated. It's like crazy, really, really good. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Andy Reid is, do we give him enough credit as a schemer or the fact that he's only won one Super Bowl, but been here numerous times, we don't give him enough credit? No, I probably think he doesn't get enough credit. I mean, for
1: his record as a head coach in this league and how many times he's been in the playoffs and won divisions, you know, everybody just looks at Super Bowls, um, and just as an aside, I was actually very glad to see Don Coryell get in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm, right. That's an aside for reasons. Obviously, he didn't win Super Bowls. Um, but Andy Reid, is, is he's close to the pantheon. I mean, look, who knows what's going
0: to happen on Sunday? Um, but, you know, the guys won a lot of football games. Right. Um, you know me. Before I let you go, i got to ask a, a little bit about what you saw this year out of the Green Bay Packers. It was, <laughs> it, it was because um, what I said was, and, and you tell me if I'm right. I said I thought Rodgers was slower this year. It looked like he didn't have his, the, his legs yep. and the escapability that he's normally had. It never got an identity. It was I would agree tr- with just that. Fit, trying to fit square pegs into round holes at times. And they it, with the injuries and the infrequent list uh, of being able to throw to Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs and Samari Torre, and then you had Cobb went down, it never got functional. It was always dysfunctional, and they never relied enough on Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon.
1: Um, you know, it was interesting because even when they went into that that winning streak, you know, which obviously ended the last week of the season, it wasn't the way most people probably thought that the Packers win because it wasn't really Aaron Rodgers driven. You know, he was not throwing for 350 yards, mm, right. as you know. He never threw for 100 yards or 300 yards this season, yeah. did he? Uh, maybe not. But I mean, there were a lot of those games where he was, you know, completing 17 balls for 170 yards. Mm-hmm. You know, so they, they were kind of an odd team, even though they were winning whatever it was, four or five, six, whatever the number right. was. I can't remember. Um, but I agree with you. You didn't get a sense of a true offensive identity this year. Um, You know, you didn't get a sense that, hey, this is how we're going to go about playing and we're going to play off this. And it, it was it was kind of a they were a very difficult team for me to get a handle on this year i wasn't exactly sure, and this is not a knock on the coach because you know i i 'm a believer Bill you know, and I know a lot of people like to talk about game plans and being a coach and all that i don't go there and i 'll tell you why because i've been very fortunate over my career to be at training camps and to be able to sit in meetings and i've just come to the conclusion because I know what I do that if you 're not involved in the process it's very hard to make an uh, a strong comment because what normally happens when you watch a game is if the offense, we're talking offense, if the offense isn't working for whatever reason, I always find it's then easy to say, Oh, well it's bad play calling or it's a bad game plan. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, these guys are smarter than we are they They do it every single day for 16 hours. The other team does it too. Um, so, you know, this year for whatever reason, they did not seem to have a continuity. Now, I don't know the answer to why not, Mm -hmm. but they didn't, and you didn't really know what you were going to get on a week-to-week basis, and, you know, it's very possible the coaches felt that way, too. Maybe they didn't know, and they would try, you know, maybe given how certain players were playing or not playing, they just didn't have a feel. It's very possible, but there was not a real sense of, hey, here's who we are, here's what you're
0: going to get. Two years ago, we doubted Rodgers, thus Jordan Love was drafted he looked like maybe Father Time had grabbed him a little bit. Then he burst back and right. his two incredible years. This year, I thought he looked a little slow, and maybe that could just be he just didn't dedicate enough time in the offseason, whatever knows? it happens to be. Uh, did you see anything to say, yeah, he's starting to slip? Or did it just say, looked a little slow this year? Looked I would, I would say he didn't move as well. Yeah. You know, look, I, I, you
1: know me well enough to know I don't rip people. But nope. I got to tell you, I mean – If you're going to start over at the receiver position, okay, they drafted three receivers this year, Mm -hmm. okay? Uh, They drafted one, and Watson was a second-round pick? Yes. I know that uh, Romeo Dobbs was a fourth-round pick, and Samaritore was a seventh. And I'd watched all three guys coming out of college. So it seems to me the organization is basically saying, you know what, we're we're kind of starting over a wide receiver. Okay, Mm -hmm. obviously Devontae Adams is gone. So now we need to start over. So it seems to me, and again, I'm not, this is not a personal affront to Aaron Rodgers, but it seems to me that if that's the case, and you want to get back to the Super Bowl, which I assume he, was his goal, right. then you've got to work with those receivers. And that starts in the offseason. Yeah. And he chose not to. Mm-hmm. Now, it's his call. You know, no one's forcing him. You know, I don't think he lost any money because of it. But, you know, you've got to work with these guys. And if you're not going to work with them then to me it, it kind of prevents you from saying that we're not working together well right you know i mean that just to you me gotta simplify things it, you know? that, that to me is just common sense i mean if, if if everything's new and you want to be a champion you know you, dick vermil he used to come in to watch tape with us when, when ron jaworski did the matchup show and i i'll never forget dick vermil saying this he would say it over and over again you don't get better by working
0: less right you know you got you got to work at it right Yeah, no, I completely agree. This year, uh, if you, now, uh, this is completely hypothetical, but if you're sitting there as a veteran quarterback and you go, I'm going to come back, I got 60 million reasons to come back. I want to go to the enemy I know or start over with a team that maybe gives me a shot, but you know what the standards are. You got to play to my level. I'm not coming down to yours. Right. What do you do? I mean, you know, if you're the Packers, it makes logical sense. This is a time to probably move on, right? You know, but if you're Rodgers and says, "No, I really want to come back. I want to run this back. Let's try it one more time," right? What do you do? You mean if you're the Packers? I'm just asking you. Well, if you're Aaron Rodgers or the Packers, what would you do? What do you well? I mean, if Aaron Rodgers, look,
1: the Packers hold the cards in the sense that they can trade him. Right. I mean, he he doesn't. I don't know what his contract says, but no, there's no no trade clause, so they can trade him if they want to, whether they choose to or not. Now, again, I don't know the dynamic in the building. You know, I don't know. We know Rodgers is a strong personality with a lot of strong personal feelings. I don't know Aaron Rodgers, Um, so I you know if he wants to come back, then the question is does do you just say okay great or does there have to be a conversation i you know that's
0: you, you assume th- that when y- he left y- yeah. you gotta you gotta figure that out yeah you would you assume know. that when he left there was some conversation about what this team needs to yeah. kind of get over the hump so yeah i mean
1: we'll, we'll see what else
0: you got going on you just uh, kind of re- once the season's done you get oh very, i do i do draft in, stuff i've say, already started the, watching uh, uh
1: college players yeah. yeah, we shoot my matchup show um, in Old Town Scottsdale tomorrow on ESPN set. That's our last show. We will do a
0: draft show, but that's our last show. Be the, right there at the set. There's the Sound Art place right next. To I it. haven't been there. Okay, go in. It's a, a guy I grew up with. Tell him I sent you. Say give me give me a piece of artwork. Give me just go in and pick something out. Tell him it's on. So me. you've been to the set? I've been to. I was. We were over there a couple times as a matter of okay. fact. Okay, we've been over there a couple times. Yeah. How? But, f- yeah. How far is it from here? Twenty minutes. Okay. Twenty. It's not bad. 20 minutes, but it's crazy over there because the waste management's opens going on over in Scottsdale. I know, so I, I know. So you've got all the football fans on one side and a bunch of 50-something year old fat drunk white guys walking around in golf attire that are on the other side. So you got to be careful over there. I'm not a golfer, so. Uh, it's great to see you, man. It's, uh, I wish we saw you a whole lot more. And if you decide to do any draft stuff, just uh, open up Facebook Live so I can watch you inside whatever film room you're in so I can get a little knowledge. All right. Because I'm an idiot compared to you. so. I <laughs> Greg, it's always great to see you. Thanks so much. All right, for Bill. Appreciate on. it. All Thank right, buddy, you. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. we got more coming up after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The ride, the ride. Welcome back to the program, the Bill Michael Show. We are live. We're in Phoenix, Arizona. We're here inside the uh, media center, and uh, we got, uh, as I mentioned earlier, we got two hour, two days, four hours, six minutes, and thirty plus seconds, and counting. Until they kick it off over at State Farm Stadium between the Chiefs and the Eagles coming up on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, coming up here bottom of the hour, Mike Clemens is going to be joining us, uh, a terrific human being sitting here in front of me
2: and a football coach, Rob Mendez, sitting here. How you been, buddy? I'm good. It's always nice to cross paths with you here the yeah. Radio Row, and I think this is, what, our third time talking here? This uh, third or fourth? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like a family reunion every I love time. it. You know yeah. what? That's awesome to That's, think about, actually. So. Yeah,
0: and I'm, I'm glad you came over and sought us out. That's uh, I appreciate that so much for coming by.
2: Yep. Um, Two things. One is uh, you're now an offensive coordinator. Yes. Uh, OC down in San Diego. Yeah. It's a school called Sweetwater, and they just had their 102nd reunion or uh, anniversary. So they've been around for a while. Yeah. And, and you know, I, at first uh, going into the season, I didn't know if I was going to be coaching just because of travel. And uh, the year prior, I was a varsity offensive coordinator at a private school. So. With varsity work, you're there eight days a week um, in the game film right. delegating your game plan to the running back's coach, receiver's coach. JV, as people know, it's a little bit more simpler, uh, less time-consuming, mm-hmm. uh, and you just got to keep things simple. So right. as the season got closer in August, I didn't have a job, and I started feeling left out once 3 o'clock hit. Oh, wow. And I, you know what? I was like, let me see if I can get a, a JV job where maybe I can just go for the offensive practice. I was there every day, actually. Yeah. Yeah, some some speeches I even did over Zoom just because I wanted to stay uh, during the week. Yeah, but yeah, I, I reached out to a few schools and uh, emails, and I heard back immediately from Sweetwater High School. Coach Hernandez is the varsity head coach, um, great guy. I really enjoy working with him, mm-hmm. and so he allowed me to take over the JV offense. And at first, we were going to run the spread, and they went back um, immediately to the double wing offense. And really, yes. So it was kind of a curveball and the varsity offensive coordinator wanted to go back to the old playbook because the quarterback wasn't really grasping the concepts, or I'm not sure exactly. But I stuck with the spread. Uh, yeah. and I, I made it a point where how are we going to do these to the kids? For one, we're you know working two months in a row in one playbook, and it's hard enough to get two months into a, a game, let alone just flip it on a Monday and try to go into a game on Friday and with a whole new offense. Right. So he um, – Coach Hernandez uh, allowed me to run the spread, and, and it was actually really well. We, I did a lot of overloads, so I went one by four, uh, quads look. Oh, I wow. even put uh, a receiver ineligible to get that guy that was singled out to be our flanker. And when we did that, the defense didn't really know how to adjust. Maybe I'm saying too much right now, but it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's simple offense. And for me, the if you get blocking down mm-hmm. um, and you recognize your talent and where the 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 talent's at, we had a great um, we had two tackles that were like fast and could have played running back. Right. So I like to pull my tackles a lot, and what I would do is seal the defensive end with the number three or number four receiver blocked down, and everybody blocked down. So we would leave the number one unblocked. And my pulling tackle would have his tracks towards the corner, but his eyes were always looking in for uh, a linebacker. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, we ran the fly offense just like how I kind of grew up in Gilroy. And the fly offense is huge, especially for JV offense, because the the hashes are so spread out or wide. Mm-hmm. And once you get that kid in, in motion, running it with momentum, I mean, he can just do his thing as long as he's getting the uh, blocking he sure. needs. And he's one-on-one with the corner. Uh, so we did really well with the fly offense. This but night. it
0: works really well when you got athletic tackles.
2: Yes. So yes. that's where it starts. I totally. Mean, you know,
0: if you don't have athletic tackles and you don't have a guy that's got good feet, you're, yeah. you're completely screwed. Yeah. These I love set up that can nobody, move. Yeah. No doubt. Um, so how, how's just things overall been going? Because we were talking that you have uh, maybe some other opportunities coming up. Um, yeah. So NFL. I don't uh, want to.
2: I don't want to whisper out too much. I'll let you uh, yeah, spill just, whatever just, you want to spill. Just, just between us, okay? Right. right, right as we said uh no nfl films is um making or well, they did make this video of coaches and i was um really honored to be a part of it and mm-hmm. when they showed me the trailer primetime was involved so that was pretty cool that's great but uh they made a, a little highlight film which is going to be airing tomorrow evening sunday morning as well as uh, during the game in the stadium and uh it's called through the wall and they captured uh, my week 10 the last game of the season they had a camera crew come out and they wanted me to stage a speech and i said i don't I don't really stage speeches. So yeah. I said, if you just get a camera out there, just like how ESPN did it, um, you're going to catch me in the moment or catch us coaches in the moment motivating our players. So I want to say, because they haven't even released the trailer to me yet, I want to say they're going to use the halftime speech that I was getting crazy, almost falling out of my wheelchair. and <laughs> It was a tight game. It's never good, man. Yeah. It, 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 you're, it's passion. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever done that? Not in, not in a speech, no. Okay. Not in a speech, but I have had accidents. I think. Okay. Well, uh, I did open up my book like that uh, two weeks before my first game at Prospect, my first year as a head coach. I didn't know my wheelchair was or my seatbelt wasn't buckled. I went flying forward. I oh lunged, my god. Yeah, and I fell right on my eye. So that was a. Uh, I I got out lucky. Didn't, yeah. Didn't hit my head. Didn't have severe permanent damage. Oh boy. Yeah, I'm good. But, yeah. <laughs> I got, Gotta wear a helmet, dude. It's Like NASCAR, <laughs> get the, that sponsored. The doctor told me that too, and I said, "There's no way I'm gonna be rolling around with that."
0: See, the that's when you look at the doc and you go like I do, when they say, you know, talking about motorcycles and all that kind of stuff. You say, I got great hair. I my heard, hair will protect me.
2: I heard you ride bikes from your friend over here. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, you got to yeah. give me a ride. To get yeah, a we, sidecar. Okay, <laughs> we do that. We'd love to have you on our motorcycle ride. Well, I'm gonna wear a helmet because I remember uh, driving down 43 in Wisconsin. I was like, "Guys, don't wear helmets around here." Oh my um, god! But yeah. here's the thing. What's up? The the state patrol shuts the highway down for us. So when our
0: first leg from point A to point B, there's nobody on the highway but us. Okay. So we'd be happy to bring you, man. You're going to be the honorary starter. The wind in the hair and just kind of cruising. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What What is it, 43 or 41? Uh, go down 43 to 94 and then uh, over to the rock complex and uh, yeah. pull in there by the fields. So. And you'll be feel right at home in an <laughs> athletic <laughs> complex. Just drop you off. You start coaching right away. Let, Let me know. I'm in the office. So we look for that tomorrow night. Look yes. for it, uh, you know, on uh, game day.
3: Welcome back to the NFL Honors. Uh, I got to get a little serious here. Then we have some breaking news. Actually,
0: we just got an update from Aaron Rodgers' darkness retreat. Um, he has decided. Oh, he's decided to take some more mushrooms. So you know what? Solid is Aaron. Good time. We'll let you know if anything else happens, guys. We're here for you. Damn! Damn! Welcome back to the program. A couple of segments to go. We are now. Two days, three hours, 53 minutes, 43 seconds and counting until kickoff to Super Bowl 57. Wrapping up the final couple segments of our week-long broadcast here from Radio Row inside the Convention Center inside Phoenix, Arizona. Joining me on the table, Mike Clemens. Uh, Michael, uh, Kelly Clarkson making a, a little joke at Aaron Rodgers' expense. She did.
4: I thought she did a great job on the honors show last night. She, You know, if they'd brought in some uh, male comic... Yeah. You know, it would have had a, a sharper edge. But Kelly Clarkson, looks like she takes you into your kitchen. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we're just joking here. Because whether you're at the Oscars or the NFL Honors Show, yeah. these guys don't want to be mocked. Right. They don't. Right. No, no. They don't. You won't be back. Jerry, you, you can't make certain Jerry Jones jokes. You could go all night. Oh, God. I mean, You, If you put that stuff on, on a roast on E! Entertainment, you know? Yeah like those old roasts that they used to do 15, 20 years mm-hmm. ago. I guess Tom Brady is going to be producing roasts on Netflix. And it'll be, you know, you can say whatever you want, right. drop any four-letter word. It'll be interesting to see. But anyway, you know, Aaron's sort of made himself a laughing stock of the league. And the late-night talk shows are going to use that with this. Yeah. I'm putting myself in the dark. And I'm, and I'm trying to sort of justify it. Okay, you know, in the 60s, You know, the astronauts, they were trying to say, well, you know, will this guy go crazy? Let's lock him in a room for four days and see how he reacts, right? right? If you ever read the book or saw the movie The Right Stuff, right? Right. But the astronauts don't even do that anymore because they've been up to space 200 times. Right, right. But Aaron Rodgers feels that this is what he needs to do to decide if he wants to come back and play another year of football.
0: Uh Uh-huh. I, I, again, it's different. Uh, Who am I to judge? But... You know,
4: so I talked to Marquez Valdez Scatling, who just spent four years playing, working with Aaron Rodgers. And I sat down at a table with him at the Chiefs Hotel and I said to him, Aaron Rodgers is going to put himself in a chamber in total darkness with no light, no sound for four days. I mean, what's going on MVS?
3: Yeah, I mean, everybody has their own walks of life and their own journeys, you know, and and how they get to where they need to be and how they get to, you know, defining defining themselves and and defining who they are. Um, You know, so there's never going to be a judgment on, um, you know, what someone has to do with their life and how they want to get to where they want to be. Um, obviously, Aaron's one of the, the greatest quarterbacks to ever play this game. Um, I think he'll go down as you know, the, the GOAT of, of throwing the football. Uh, between him, Tom, and, and Pat, it's going to be a tight race. Um, but you know, with with, with that, you know, I'll, I'll never judge Aaron. You know, for what he needs to do to, to find peace. Um, Aaron's one of my greatest friends. Uh, we still talk regularly. Um, I'm so grateful for what he's done for, for me, you know, on and off the field. And, you know, whatever he needs to do to, to find his uh, answers, do it.
0: Um, they still talk. First of all, he says they still talk regularly. Yeah. Which is interesting because you wouldn't have expected that.
4: I, I would not have expected Aaron Rodgers to be that close with MVS.
0: Right. I, I wouldn't have expected it.
4: MVS is 28 years old now right he uh his father was an engineer but but they live in a rough section on the south side of st petersburg florida in florida yeah and so for sports you know i mean mvs spent much of his childhood trying to you know get between the icebergs of violence gangs and things like that and football was his out for that and so he's 28 and i said you know Listen, I'm telling you, there's guys that are 23 and 24 years old. I've overheard them saying they're waiting for the Jordan Love era to begin. They're looking forward to Jordan. I mean, he's their friend. And they like to see this guy get his, his reps and his snaps. And why isn't he getting just a few more opportunities? So I asked MVS, is there a divide in the Packers locker room? Are guys under the age of 25 anxious for the Jordan Love era to begin?
3: Nah, there was never uh, never no divided line. I mean, you got Aaron Rodgers over there. Um, You know, Jordan's a a super talented kid, man, and uh, I'm excited to see, you know, whatever he does get his his opportunity, what he does. Uh, But you got a a Hall of Famer sitting in front of you. That's just the way it is, man. You know, it's the same way with with Aaron was with Brett. You know, that's a Hall of Famer, too, and, you know, it's going to be some going to be at the point in time where, you know, Aaron's not a Green Bay Packer, um, but as long as he is, man, he, he's going to do his, his best, and he's one of the best to ever put that jersey on there. The, uh, you know, and look, he, Aaron's his own cat,
0: and I think a lot of guys are going to be in that locker room kind of giving him, first of all, you're going to give him his respect because he's been there, done that, but secondly, I think you're, you're, you don't know what's going to happen, so you're not going to say, no, we, we're ready for Jordan. You're not going to come out and say that, you know, and you're also not going to say no, no. Aaron's our guy, you know, because you don't want to slight Jordan. I think you just say whoever we go with, we're ready to play for, you know. I mean, but I think a lot of those young guys get it.
4: Now, um, the next question I was this: Last year in March, free agency begins. The Green Bay Packers trade Devonte Adams to the Raiders, mm-hmm. and then later we get the backstory. You no, know, this is what Devontae wanted: closer to family. You know, back with Derek Carr, blah blah blah, and a week later, Mark valdez the Scantling signs with the Kansas City Chiefs, right? And it's like, is he just trying to get off a sinking ship? Uh, the Chiefs clearly made him a three-year deal, I think, thirty million more than Green Bay would have ever pay him. We understand mm-hmm. that. So I asked MVS a week after they trade Devonte Adams, did the Packers make MVS an offer to stay in Green Bay?
3: Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, they did. Um, you know, but they just, they were a little uh, tight with cash because they had a lot of other things going on with, you know, signing Rasul, you know, signing Elton to a big deal soon. Um, you know, so you know, signing Jair. They had a lot of moving parts, um, and they just they couldn't afford it. So, nah, I mean, it was, uh, I had a lot of phone calls. Uh, it was, phones rang ringing every single day. Um, it was just about making the right decision um, and not making a rest decision to... You know chase after some money or, or an opportunity that wasn't the, the best, um, you know. So I think just a lot of prayer and uh, you know, leaning on God during that time to see what was going to be the best one for me.
0: I, uh, you know, the pack, like you, like he said, the Packers made him an offer. We kind of figured they would. You didn't want to just let him go. He was your speed. He was your speed guy, and he was he had experience. At least he could catch some passes. But, um, and this is before you knew you were able to, able to draft. But again, Watson, right. like, but again the, he, like he said, they were tight on cash. They had guys to lock up. He was not the priority. Uh, you know, they didn't know what they were going to do with Devontae at the time, Aaron at the time. There was a lot of uncertainty, and that uncertainty leads to guys leaving.
4: And I listen, I understand that MVS was just an average receiver, that he had some drops, and he had some issues from time to time. But you can hear that, I mean, he was a, a good guy. They liked him. And by the way, this, the Kansas City Chiefs are here. Because of MVS, right? Six catches, a touchdown. Three Everybody else rounds. went down around him.
0: We asked him on uh, on opening night. They wouldn't night. be here. Yeah, we asked him on opening night. Did something have to click? He said, "No. It's just you had to go make catches." You also asked him
4: about the free agency question the yeah. other night, and he said, "Yeah, it was. I was. I, it was rough. Free agency was rough. That was the longest week of my life, and I thought that meant." Oh, see, he, he's he's getting a a a cold shoulder from the Packers, and the agent's not getting calls back, and he's you know checking with the agent three times a day, like you know any calls, any calls, no, that was not that was not the that was not the problem at all. He said free agency was like being on. Let's make a deal. Do I pick door number one, door number mm-hmm. two, or door number three?
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. yeah. Yeah, too many doors opposed to just one, and I think you no. Know, but I'm grateful to have that opportunity to to pick where I wanted to go, um, and you know I think it I'm in a Super Bowl right now.
0: Well, it, in, he, they're in the Super Bowl mainly because of between him and Patrick Mahomes and what they were able to accomplish in that game against Cincinnati, and the fact that the defensive front Greg Jones got after Joe Burrow so ferociously, so those three guys kind of put them here.
4: Yeah, and here's the other thing, Russell Wilson. Uh, got on a Learjet from Seattle and went to Denver and joined Nathaniel Hackett, mm-hmm. who got on a Learjet from Green Bay. They picked him up to take him to Denver. Right. And uh, Russell Wilson was out there taking pictures with his new receiver core in Denver with the Broncos in March, right. from, as soon as he had signed, right? Well, Patrick Mahomes, the veteran who's already got one ring and has been to two Super Bowls in the last four years. He did the same thing with these guys, with MVS and all that, because he had a new whole new arsenal of I receivers. Imagine that. Plus, he went to all the OTAs and mini right. camps. Now, he's 28. You know, Green Bay's guy is 39. And I asked Green Bay's guy, point blank last summer, don't you think with all these problems you're talking about with Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs and all that, that just a few more reps in OTAs might have helped? And he laughed and he said, no, 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 you know, that's, that's receiver one-on-one. When I come, it's the receiver 200 level, okay? It's the next level. So let the coaches teach them the, the basics. And then when I get here during training camp, well, I don't think that works, Bill. Yeah. I don't think that I works. I don't
0: think it is either.
4: So in the meantime, uh, Patrick Mahomes is here. He's made connections with, you know, MVS if he needs them on Sunday night. Um, and and that's where it stands. The, the pool reporter claimed that everybody that they had in their arsenal, you know, McCurl Hardman was put on injured reserve with a pelvis injury on Monday, but, you know, Patrick was, should have his full arsenal at least 100% or close to 100% Sunday night. Very physical game, I think it's going to be. The Eagles tied in, Dallas Goddard uh, says he's not afraid to run down the field and hit somebody.
3: You know, whatever happens, happens. Uh, but, I'm, a, you know, I love the game of football. I love playing. I love banging my head against people. Um, I just think it's the best game ever. You know, any time I can compete against somebody is what I like to do. So uh, I'm blessed that I'm able to play a sport uh, for a living.
4: You're not normal if you don't have butterflies before a kickoff. But at the same time, you know, you don't want to let that to creep into your focus and your patience.
3: Yeah, you know, I, I have butterflies before every game. Uh, you know, and it's just just the fact that I love the game. And as soon as I get my first play out there and, uh, you know, I, I block somebody or run my first route, all my emotions go away and I'm just locked in, you know. You, you just kind of tune the crowd out and, you know, in between the white lines, that's that's all you're focused on.
0: Well, between the white lines, but I, I still think that this is going to be probably decided by the offensive line of the Eagles and the defensive line of the Eagles. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's, I just believe that.
4: Well, and it's just – the Eagles on offense, I think they, they're running the RPOs better than anybody else. Jalen Hurts is bigger than I thought seeing him in person. Mm-hmm. And and I know, you know, what his speed can be like. But he's when he takes that snap and he's looking down the line and he can either fake to Miles Sanders uh, up the right side or he can just you know, then after that fake throw a short pass, you know, to Goddard that tight end right there right. or take it on the outside. I mean, it's really, really tough to stop, particularly how good their offensive line is up front. On the other hand, Andy Reid's a very clever coach, and Steve Spagnuolo can pick out little tendencies and ways that they can attack gaps that they can find to to attack that that, uh, Eagles offense. And so Andy Reid said at the end of the day, these championships are won on the line of scrimmage. When you get in the playoffs... That combination right there, the O-lines versus the D-lines on both teams, ends up being kind of the um, thing that wins or loses games. So, uh, and it's magnified every level that you go up, every step of the, that you move up um, in the playoffs. And so the Super Bowl, uh, it'll be magnified at the most between those two. And normally who wins that battle ends up winning the game.
0: Let's do this. We're going to step out, take a quick break. Uh, Mike Clemens joining us, kind of breaking down both the Eagles and the Chiefs. Final segment of the Bill Michaels Show for this week on Radio Row. Coming up next. Ready. This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: It'll be a great game. I mean, it'll be a battle. You got the best of the best playing, playing against one another, you know, Two really, two really good teams, two well-coached teams, um, stacked with players. So it'll, it'll be a competitive game.
0: Welcome back. Glad to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. We continue on. And uh, final segment before we get out of here, thanks to our friends at Quick Trip, too, for, uh, you know, being so great to us. And also being one of our prime sponsors that bring, it out, bring us out here. Everybody as well. I can't go through everybody. The list is too long. But all of our sponsors that bring us here. And we promise to give you a lot of love as well when we come back. Mike Clemens joining me here at the table. So uh, we got a, a segment to go before we get out of here, man. That's it.
4: Yeah. And um, here's my breakdown. Both teams come in sixteen and three. Both were the number one seeds. That kid there, Jalen Hurts, is a tremendous leader. Just twenty-four years old. Mm-hmm. Very, very impressed with him and how he carries, you know, that locker room. And we all know he's a great runner and a, and a pretty darn good passer too. And he's got plenty of weapons. AJ Brown's great. AJ Brown is
0: huge. Yeah,
4: he's built more like a like a tight end. I think those Steve Spagnuolo can find a way to get around that offensive line and get into the kid's head the defensive coordinator mm-hmm. for the for the chiefs jonathan gannon is your defensive coordinator for the eagles he's got those guys flying around um you know and i, I and i i there's plenty of motivation there but they've they do they do have a couple of blueprints there that the experienced guys and the chiefs can work on On the other side, you've got more experience with Patrick Mahomes. He's been at this stage. He's won a Super Bowl. He's lost one. And he talked about that and what he needs to do for his team going into Super Bowl
1: 57.
3: When I look back at the end of my career, I don't want to look back and be like, man, I didn't give everything I have to win win Super Bowls because of the great people I have around me. And so uh, when I get done with my career, I just want to make sure that I, I know that I gave everything I had on that football field.
0: It's, um, you know, obviously you, you want to come in, you want to play your best and such, and I understand all of that. But I think Andy Reid's probably more right than anything. It's you, You're going to win this game in the trenches. Uh, obviously, if you can protect a quarterback, open up holes for the quarterback, you know, they can both make incredible plays. And whoever, whichever team wins, most likely that quarterback's going to be the MVP. Um, but uh, I, I, I think it's up to fill lines, both sides.
4: When... When Andy Reid beat Kyle Shanahan three, four years ago, Kyle Shanahan has had as physical a team as as the Eagles have got going into this one. The difference, though, is that Kyle Shanahan started playing a little scared, mm-hmm. and he was worried that Patrick Mahomes could start lighting them up and put three touchdowns up on them. Right. And so they started to play a little bit more conservative. They also they got away from their, their run, the running attack that when they put 180 yards you know, uh, up against the Packers in order to get to the Super Bowl. And I think Kyle Shanahan, you know, blinked a little bit that way. Right. And I wonder if that's going to happen in this game Sunday night as well, if if Andy Reid can figure out a way to outfox the Eagles.
0: Favorite play or favorite, uh, you know, thing of the week.
4: Favorite thing of the week? Yeah. Actually, that Mexican food we had last Saturday night.
0: <laughs> and the three margaritas with the orange juice in them? Yeah. Yeah. Can we go back there tonight? That wasn't a bad way to go. No. No, wasn't... tonight we're going to dinner with uh, some friends. Oh, we are? We're, we're doing the steak thing tonight. Oh, you just winked at me. So yeah. that's fancy. Yeah, we're doing the steak thing tonight. Oh, okay. Yeah.
4: All right. That means I'm going to have to change. All right. Yeah, we're doing the oh, steak yeah. thing tonight. Yeah.
0: So oh, no, man,
4: But, you know, I mean, the fact is to, to sit down with Marquez Vela Scanling, you know, the best time to get these guys is shortly after they become former employees. Right. And there's a whole lot of things I can tell you about at dinner tonight. Yeah that we didn't put on the radio today but that's that's makes the trip all worthwhile right. for
0: me right no that and,
4: and i get to go to the game on sunday so
0: yeah there you go that's good stuff who you got i'm taking the chiefs are you yeah i'm taking the eagles ben who you taking who do you think
2: um i don't know bill i i think i'll take the eagles here
0: thinking taking the eagles okay I, My only prediction is I'm
2: going to be hammered by, like, noon on Sunday. And then whatever (laughs) happens, happens.
0: Now, are you flying home?
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: in about an hour, frankly. I'm running out of here. Well, all right, then get the hell out of there. Hey,
4: thank you for your help uh, all week, Ben, too. You gave me some great tips that really helped me when I got over to the particularly to the eagles team hotel as well so
0: ben's uh, ben's been great all week and we've worked on the fly. thanks to all the guests to everybody for watching everybody for listening everybody for paying attention to the program thanks to erica for being the floor producer out here again this year uh thanks to uh, mike obviously you thanks to all of our sponsors who bring us out here this is what it's all about and this is what we talk about when you get a segment you get a guy like greg Cosella, you get a guy like Emmett smith and you sit down and that's your segment. Uh, it, it's what we talk about. It's fantastic. Thanks to everybody for being a part of the program, and thanks to all of you over on the Bud Light live stream for watching. Because man, oh man, oh man, you guys, uh, you guys and girls have been there and uh, giving us comments and feedback and reminding me that I'm an idiot at times, and that's always uh, yeah, an easy thing to do. So there you have it. Uh, until we talk again, we'll be uh, we'll be back at it on Monday, breaking this whole thing down. Time for us to go. Have a going.